0: Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today I am accompanied by... Vicar Hill. Welcome back.
1: I think I remember how to do this, but we'll see how this goes. Yeah,
0: it's good. Everybody's back. Everybody's well. We appreciate your your prayers, your concerns, as we continue to prepare for the birth of our Lord and the celebration of Christmas. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at the first Sunday after christmas if you would like to hear all the readings for this sunday you can do that by uh, listening to the readings podcast dropped earlier so we're going to concentrate mainly on the gospel lesson and it comes to us from saint luke chapter 2 verses 22 through 22 through 40 and The Blessed Virgin Mary and the Guardian Joseph are at the temple and they're going to do what they need to do for the purification of Jesus. And this is 40 days after the birth. And we hear up front in verse 23, uh, quoting the Old Testament lesson every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves. Or two young pigeons. And so, imagine that there is the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Guardian Joseph with the Christ child, Jesus, and they're walking in the courtyard, and then suddenly this man shows up. Uh, We have Simeon, Saint Simeon. And we hear that he is led by the Holy Spirit to know who the Christ child is. And then he makes this great statement. Uh, it's the Nunc de minis. We call it the nuke Dominus he And uh, it's verses 29 and on. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. So, I I love this uh, song, I love these statements, but it's always interesting to put this in the context of Christmas, the context of Jesus being a mere 40 days old. Um, Vicar, what do you got on this?
1: Well, to help kind of paint the picture on this, uh, we were talking about this earlier, Um, it's it's not like uh, I don't think that Mary and Joseph are bringing Jesus to the temple and it's just kind of the three of them approaching the temple, and then there's just one old guy sitting yeah. in there, yeah. hey, that must be the Christ. I, I kind of picture in my head a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know how many a lot would be, but quite a few people who are doing the same thing as Mary and Joseph, who have made the trip to Jerusalem to go to the temple, right. to go through this uh, this purification, uh, I guess, ritual, yeah. and the presentation of their firstborn son, because that's what you did as Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's kind of, it, it's, it's the idea that the Holy Spirit was truly upon Simeon yeah. to make this whole interaction happen. It, it wasn't just kind of happenstance or anything like that. There's kind of a little more going on to it than that. And what I love about this is that uh, there's probably a broader point on the church, but Simeon here is just a man. Yes, he's not. A priest. Uh, we don't really get anything about him, but he's just a man upon whom the Holy Spirit is resting. Right. So he's been been told by the Lord what we just had there, and and it's kind of it brings this kind of into a, a fuller perspective of really the the vastness of what is happening, mm. and then you get to take into account what he's actually saying. And there are a lot of dots to be connected
0: there. Well, I agree completely because it's easy to have this picture that only Mary and Joseph are walking with the Christ child. And it's easy for Simeon to find them. The temple was a busy, busy place. All the time. And so, absolutely, the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's truly a miracle. And not only with that, the one thing that I appreciate that you brought up was uh, Simeon's just a guy. Just righteous and devout. Right. That's what we get about him. But on top of that, I, I think it's interesting that he's waiting for the birth of the Christ. Now, throughout the Old Testament, this is the promise, the Messiah, the Christ is coming. And you see the people of Israel, okay, we're ready. We're ready for this redemption. We're ready for the Messiah. When is he coming? When is he coming? And today, we're doing the same thing. When is Christ coming again? Mm -hmm. And the the statement that he would see the Lord's Christ before he died. I don't know how excited he could be or or fearful, and I mean that in in a respectful, um, reverent way. But the whole idea that he's waiting. For the Messiah, and he knows that he will see the Messiah in his lifetime. I I think that's phenomenal. And I'm curious how many people he told. And I mean that in a good way, Mm -hmm. uh, because again, there's like some 400 years between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. That's a long time to Mm -hmm. be waiting. And then Simeon telling people he's coming. And if he was telling
1: people, How many people listened? Yes. How long did they listen before they just go, eh, whatever, Simeon? Simeon, Yeah. (laughs)
0: Uh, But then the statement, uh, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. And I think that is just amazing. And and again, you pointed out uh, before we recorded um, the idea that Simeon in verse 32 mentions the Gentiles Mm -hmm. and up front— The mission of the Lord's Christ is to come to the people of Israel and the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. And and I really like that because I I don't know how many years I have heard the Nukdomenist, the Simeon song. And it's always, oh yeah, Revelation to Gentiles. The bigness of that, because it is the Lord's Christ for the Lord's people, Mm -hmm and everybody else.
1: Right. And that that sequence is important Mm -hmm. because, I mean, Jesus himself affirms that he came first for the people, God's people, Israel, Mm -hmm. but then also for everyone else. And and if you track through the gospel of Luke, um, this is really the first time that that promise to all peoples is kind of extended out. Mm -hmm. Um, I was looking at it, and I looked at it again, that uh, when Zechariah is told that John the Baptist will come there's this phrase that he will turn many of the children of Israel. And then Jesus, early in Luke, is told that Jesus will reign over the house of David. In Mary's Magnificat, she says that uh, something about helping Israel. Right. Uh, so, there's this focus here, and the angels even uh, continue, they say, they pronounce to the shepherds that, that this Savior is for all the people, mm-hmm. but most commentators take that all the people as the people of Israel. Right. So this uh, this statement from Simeon is really the first time that it broadens
0: out to the Gentiles as well, and that's it, kind of a big deal. Yes, it's a great news because most people in America, um, everybody outside of the, the House of Israel. They're Gentiles, Mm -hmm. and the promise that Jesus has come for us. And and to have that statement, once again, at the beginning, when Jesus is only 40 days old, really sets the stage for what he's going to do. Another interesting point that you brought up, uh, this is verse 33. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. Mm -hmm. Now, you didn't say this to be mean or funny in the least, But you have the Blessed Virgin Mary, who has the Archangel Gabriel show up and laying out, this is what's going to happen. That's a humongous, miraculous, supernatural event that doesn't happen every day. It's only happened once. Joseph, dream after dream, angels come to him. Uh, When Jesus is born, shepherds come out of literally the woodwork to point out Angels told us that this would happen. The wise men show up, you know, so on and so forth. This, none of the events surrounding Jesus' birth are normal. (laughs) And so, you made this interesting statement. Why would Simeon, coming up to them, saying these words, why would they marvel? (laughs) How can they be surprised at anything that takes place? Uh
1: Uh-huh, it's kind of the idea of like they've they've seen some stuff
0: right that that's some big
1: stuff <laughs> and I mean I guess there's a point to be made there that I mean through all these wonderful signs and mm-hmm. miracles and uh, a birth um, from a virgin all, all these oh, things yeah. that have taken place they are still amazed at at what's being done uh, to and through. Right. Uh, the Christ t- child Jesus. I mean, I mean, there's still more to marvel at. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, you could unpack that for a long time.
0: So, I, I, I took this question or uh, concept and, and um, through human eyes or, or just through the, the frailty of humanity, I, I thought about this. And the idea that the promise of God's Christ is going to be born— Uh, Mary, uh, St. Elizabeth, says, the mother of my Lord. Mm -hmm. And so, there's a lot of uh, bigness happening, these humongous events. And then the baby's born. And the idea of holding this baby and realizing it's just a (laughs) baby— Ten fingers, ten toes, a nose, eyes. It's crying. It's doing all the baby things. And just not to diminish anything about it, but the whole idea for 40 days, they've dealt with a baby. And if you could see me, I'm I'm acting like I'm holding a baby. And did Mary and Joseph, you know, look around? And, you know, again, not to be funny— it's just a baby. Uh-huh. The Archangel Gabriel said the Messiah, the um, the shepherds, you know, all these things, and it's a baby. You know, did they look for, you know, the, uh, something different about the this child? And again, miraculous birth from a virgin, the whole nine yards, but just a baby. Mm-hmm. And not that I think that they were let down, you know, hey, it's a baby, but how mundane, how simple, how common. And this blew my mind, uh, again, because uh, you have Mary and Joseph marveling, oh, yeah, this baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm part of the redemption of Israel and the world, and again, this isn't uh, about them. This isn't them pointing uh, to themselves. We're the we're the parents of God, but again, the magnitude of this child, mm-hmm. and I, I think in reflecting your answer, the bigness that they continue to marvel, and they're continued to be humbled. And again, it's not, oh yeah, we just had a baby this baby and and it's easy because um, I don't know if you've had this issue where something really big and great happens in your life and it's great until it becomes normal
1: mm-hmm. I, I mean just the first one that comes to my mind is like, I've never bought a brand new car, but when I got my current car, it was new to me. Right. And it was a lot nicer than my old car. Right. And so that first week or so, everything is new and shiny, and you don't want to bring anything to drink because you don't want to spill it. I mean, everything is just, Mm -hmm. you want it to be perfect, and then after a few months, you know, stuff's. Trash is rolling around on the yeah. it. It gets old quickly, yeah. and that's a silly example, but right. that's kind of how we operate mm-hmm. uh, in life. I mean, how many times does that happen in worship? Yeah. Where you come and oh, that was just great, that was perfect, mm-hmm. and then you go back, or, or maybe you come back for worship and you go,es oh, it doesn't feel the same. Yeah,
0: I, I, yeah. No, I think there's a lot to that, and and that was my response to to your statement. How could they marvel? That's the Christ child. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how could you ever get over that's the Christ child? And I, I think your, your uh, connection to worship, your connection to God coming to us in the proclamation of the gospel through service is a great reminder. And we should be humbled in a good way and be reminded this Messiah comes to us. Uh, why does he come to us? For the, the light of revelation, the glory of the people— The word has been fulfilled, and we truly do get to depart into life in peace. Simeon's song becomes ours as we're humbled that this child, this man, this God— Comes to us,
1: mm-hmm. and I've so I, I have a point here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've helped with a funeral where you actually use this text uh, as the the sermon text. Could you do want to kind of explain for people listening uh, why this is not just a great piece of the text for us, but so so far as it connects to. Uh, a funeral and departing from life.
0: Well, I I really appreciate it because it does lend itself to a funeral text. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. And I I love this because it really connects to the life of faith. Uh, The believer believes the words of forgiveness— is theirs. And they do get to depart this life in peace. We get to die the good death, the death in faith. And this peace is knowing that the wrath of God is not ours. We have his peace. And we truly say that our, sal- our eyes have seen the salvation. That is what is given to us in the Lord's Supper. Christ comes in his body and blood and with our fleshly eyes, We see salvation. But on top of that, with our eyes of faith, we see this salvation. And you, you, God, have prepared this in the presence of all people. And I like your point that you made earlier that commentators and scholars, uh, you know, all people is just Israel. Well, we do get to narrow this down to the uh, members of Holy Cross or those who are participating in the funeral in the presence of all people. We get to narrow that down to those who participate with us in worship, knowing that that's not the end or that's not how far God's word goes. But we get to localize it. And then again, we see this light for revelation and the glory of your people and the joy of hearing all of this. And it's not just these are the nice things we need to say because somebody died. These are the things of faith that this person now lives in, even in death. And the statement that Simeon makes is the true consolation and hope that we as the people of God have. And we, in all confidence, get to depart this life in peace because of God's work in his word. So, I, I appreciate the, the chance to, to talk about uh, funerals. <laughs> I know you always jump at the I, opportunity. I, I do. I, <laughs> I, I love funerals. And this text is really, it's the words of comfort that come from scripture so that we can face death in the light of Christ. Well, on top of all of that, The text continues. Uh, Not only does uh, Simeon sing this song, he also says, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul, speaking of Mary, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. That's hard. And I, I have no idea what Mary took from this. Because I don't think anybody understood the fullness, and this isn't to be funny, because I think today we still don't understand the fullness of the coming of the Messiah, both 2,000 years ago and the promise of his return. Mm -hmm. But does Mary understand that this child, her firstborn, has been born to die this horrific death in the crucifixion? And, you know, the crucifixion— that's a detail, but to die.
1: And even before that, I mean, uh, really, just the the idea that he's going to be opposed. Not everyone's going to like him, right? Um, I, I'm not a parent, but I would assume if you're a parent and you, you know, you're sending your child off to kindergarten, mm-hmm. one of the things you would want is oh, I hope they make friends. Right. I hope I hope everybody likes. Them. You know, I hope they get along with others. And here we have Simeon saying, "Yeah, that's not going to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, there are going to be people who oppose." Jesus, and I mean, boy, do we see that play out? <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. And, and I'm again, I'm curious as Jesus grows and as he begins his public ministry. I wonder if these words ring in Mary's uh, ear. Is she waiting for this to happen? Mm. You know, I, I'm 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 just curious. Nobody knows, but that has to weigh heavy on Mary all of Jesus' life, and then to see it come to fruition in the the Passion and the Crucifixion and Death of Jesus. But yet, there's still more. We have Anna, who shows up. Um, She Actually, she is living in the uh, temple since her husband died, and she's 84 years old. And she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And that's verse uh, 37. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And again, I think this is amazing. She too points out the Messiah has arrived. And I'm real curious, and we, we don't know, how was this received? Because again... The Messiah is the conquering king coming to establish his reign. You don't point at a 40-year-old baby and say, yep, there's our conqueror. There's,
1: there's really nothing threatening about a <laughs> yeah. 40-day-year-old, you know, might not even have hair on his
0: head. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> yeah, but we, yeah, I, mean, I hear her excitement. I hear her urgency in this, and especially waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. That's just uh, uh, amazing and it's not just uh, the word that came immediately came to mind was opportunity you get excited by opportunity and it's so much more than that uh, you know the, the the prospect of redemption the, the the hope being solidified, the certain and the fulfillment of the promise but then again I, I think what you just said in a baby. <laughs> How how is this baby going to conquer? And again, such a narrow view that we look at in that situation. And then um, Mary and Joseph, uh, they perform everything according to the law of the Lord, and they return to Galilee, their own town of Nazareth. This is just a a huge event with so much happening. Mm -hmm. And this is, again, the first Sunday after Christmas, and this helps us as we uh, live out our faith in the celebration of the birth of our Lord and what it means. And again, I don't want to beat anybody up, you know, what, what's the real meaning of Christmas? Well, it's the birth of Christ. But we should be excited and we should celebrate with family and friends, but never losing the the, the, the hugeness of Mary and Joseph continued to marvel at this. Uh, Anna proclaimed, pointed out, and told everybody, there is the Messiah. And Simeon, led by the Holy Spirit, makes the pronouncement, this is the one. And just really big, fun, exciting, and a little hard to understand. And I mean that in a good way, just because it seems a little awkward. And we see, I mean, this really gets
1: the ball rolling yeah. on, on. I mean, what what we're all about as Christians, we're going to see the life of Jesus. I mean, uh, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom. And we we see the story continue to pick up from here and really gain steam as now we're, we're entering in the season of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move on from there where things really get to unfold for us as we kind of follow through the church year.
0: Absolutely. And with great joy and excitement. Merry Christmas as we continue to celebrate the life that has been born to us, the birth of our salvation, and the sure and certain hope of the resurrection in Christ our Lord. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable. And of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.